Gather round, friends, new and old, and welcome to the Pow Wow Podcast. We are on episode, is this episode eight, Phil? Oh my it God. It is, it is. I, I am David. And I'm Philip. Yikes. We've been doing this for two months. Yeah. We, two months. We are two months old. I, I don't even know how we'll look. Maybe I'll have a beard by the time we go to, to year one, to episode, whatever that would be. Can I can I hold you to that? I would like to hold you to Absolutely that. Absolutely not. There is nothing more that makes me feel <laughs> older. It really ages me. It truly ages me and not I, in a good I've way. I've never seen you. I don't think I've ever seen you with more than like two or three days of stubble. Yeah, I, I try my best not to give in to that, not to adhere to that. At worst, at worst, I, I've gone like goatee for a little bit, for a little bit. I, 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 we dare not delve into the whole beard conversation again. Right, of course. We, we, <laughs> right. we have covered that. You know what's hilarious is that walking around my house these past few days, we're, in, we're all in quarantine, and so uh, everybody's doing what they will. Everybody's living their own life. I'm, uh, I'm Quarantine? Quarantine what for? Well, just, you know, in quarantine days, you know, we're all just, we're all kind of... I'm, ju- I'm kidding. Yo, I'm kidding. I see. COVID. I see. <laughs> all right. And so anyways, we're all living our best life. We're all, and I, you know, I'm mostly in my room working all the time. Uh, but anytime, I swear to you, anytime I leave my humble room, I go out and in the living room, we have wall-to-wall coverage of Gilmore Girls. I swear my entire family has been swept by the sensation of Gilmore Girls. I admit it's probably because Shit's Creek's over, but it's it's the one thing that has pervaded and stayed within my household for like the past almost it feels like as long as this as long as this uh ab- this podcast has been in existence. We have got, you know, a freaking gazebo here, uh pregnancy there. A house there. It was. It's. It's crazy. Each and every time I walk out, there's a new scandal happening. And having lived in California and taken the Warner Brothers tour, it's so funny because I am. I've been to the where that gazebo is. I've. I'm aware of the surroundings upon where this the series and TV show takes place. And it's so out of this world to just continue to go and take my shower, be coming out of my shower, and see this gazebo. This. This famed gazebo that Gilmore Girls features and of course my family's always sitting on the couch watching it it's it's quite crazy you know what's you know what's crazy about the past couple weeks for me Mm. or at least the other night I don't even know why I said weeks I don't know what it is but when I whenever you know when you lie in bed and you can't sleep yeah yeah so whenever that happens to me it's it's these in the past two years 80% 80% of the time, it's because I've got an idea for a script running through my head. Hey. And I can't, like, I, I'm, like, trying to piece it out, and I can't sleep because of that. And it's usually because, it's usually when I need to sleep because i got to get up early. So it's actually kind of frustrating and at the mm. same time kind of cool. So that happened to me the other night, and I had an idea that I kind of want to put uh, put pen to paper. And then I'm also potentially writing a script with a friend. Coming up uh, soon, but this time a uh, feature length. So it'd be my my first ever feature length screenplay. All right. Well, that's all very exciting yeah. news, man. Congratulations, and I I say I wish you more happy and healthy sleep going forward. But I kind of don't. Just if you're gonna wish me anything, wish me whatever the opposite of procrastination is. Uh, <laughs> hard <laughs> motivation. I w- that's I that's wish what you. I, need. I wish you a mental laxative. That way you can get it all out before bed. <laughs> <laughs> all 
Alright, this is That Slaps. Every week we're going to bring you guys some form of entertainment. And uh, usually going to be a song, but uh, it could be anything. could be a movie, could be a TV show. Phil, I'm going to let you go first. Alright, so since we are in our theme of award season, and this particular episode we're going through a couple of award categories and what have you, uh, one of them being, and I'm not, this is not to ruin it because we're not giving it away what it is yet, but one of the, uh, one of the particular se- uh, nominations that we will have is intro music, and in that air, in that ilk, my That Slaps of this week is is um intro song from the one the only swiss army man original motion picture it's quite good it's it's original it's also so uh sung by ratcliffe and russo the two main people in the film love it go check it out it definitely slaps you know this is uh this is a an interesting thing we're, we're obviously we're going to put together a playlist now that we have enough songs to really put a playlist together uh, this is a really, really diverse and interesting playlist. Um, I don't know who's going to ever be in the mood to listen to this playlist. <laughs> All right, mine is, I'm going to do a, a bit of shameless uh, promotion of some friends of mine. So this is kind of like the opposite of awards, uh, the awards theme that we've got going. Um, these are these are uh, friends of mine in LA, both amazing artists. Um, and they collaborated on a new song. It's called Dreams. By Lee Brown, featuring Julian Divizio, and it is produced by the entertainment company Sparum Entertainment, which is run and owned by my friend Patrick, Patrick Boyanich. He's the man. He got me through the beginning of quarantine. Him and his mom. Uh, thank you guys. And go listen to Dreams by Lee Brown, featuring Julian Divizio. It slaps. Alrighty, folks. Some weeks ago, we put out a sort of virtual suggestion box for topic ideas uh, that you, our audience, might have had. Uh, and we had a lot of good ones. And what I did was I put out a poll for each topic that was suggested. I put out a poll to see if people liked that idea. And at least that that's how it started, because the polls sort of kind of turned into jokey things where, you know, you suggested something and I found a pun or something that and I put out a poll and people voted for their their favorite answer anyway uh, so someone suggested that we talk about old cartoons and the poll that I put out was today's tunes suck versus Paw Patrol or something <laughs> and it was the only poll of all of the suggestions that we got it was the only poll that came back unanimous everyone agreed that cartoons today suck to the max and I decided to, I decided after, the, well, I decided today, once we decided to do this topic, to go watch an old episode of Tom and Jerry from 1949 called Heavenly Puss, um, where Tom dies and goes to heaven, but isn't allowed in because of how he treated Jerry for years, right? right? For his whole life, he tormented Jerry. And, oh my God. Tom, so there's all these other cats going through the gates, and they each uh, check in with this guy, with this other cat, who's sort of like, "Oh, you, uh, you got flattened by a, by a, um, a, a steamroller. Oh yeah, you go, go right ahead." And it's just so like morbid. And then there was this, this wet bag of three kittens. 
that that hops up. Ooh. I know, right? I'm looking at Phil's face right now. It's so ah. morbid and and horrible. Anyway, Tom comes up and uh, and he's told he can't come in unless he gets a a, a, a forgiveness uh, signature from Jerry. Right. Um, other and then he's threatened. Otherwise, it's like you have one hour. Otherwise, you burn in hell. And then there's this like demon dog in hell with like a giant boiling cauldron of water. I mean, it is just so crazy what uh, what children were were watching in in 1949. But and this it's at this point when um, when people will start to say, uh, well, how can we let our children watch those kinds of things? But you know what? I would argue that I turned out pretty pretty good despite <laughs> that's always a great <laughs> and so way to did start the rest of us <laughs> and i think that um i think that the cartoons today are turning our children's brains into mush so uh despite all the the, the horrible things from these cartoons I still stand by them. Fair enough. Well, I should state that we are going to be melding a couple of ideas here together today. So our theme is taking taking award or really mixing award season and getting a couple categories and nominations from that and integrating them with our childhood. So this is between me and David. Of course, there is a social interaction that will take place that we will find out with you, along with you, and in the subsequent days, we will be putting out polls to settle some of these debates should they become necessary. I think that there are some that we definitely yeah. definitely will agree on, some that we definitely will argue and fight to the death on, and maybe... I, I'm sure there will be a lot of arguments. Yes, and maybe, just maybe, we'll, we'll put a punishment on if, if we champion for a cause and one loses or something. I don't know. Maybe that's something that we'll do. Either way, we have a couple of mm. fun, fun uh, categories here. I think, I'm very proud of our first category as a matter of fact i came up with that one and it's tremendous um let's see whether or not let's list our nominations i think we'll have uh we'll probably go back and forth on who lists the nominations maybe we'll sure maybe our personal second will say it was it was a nice nice little gesture but i really want to champ and we'll go three two one list who we think the winner should be if we disagree we'll each get 10 seconds to to make our case for who we think the winner is. If the other person's not persuaded, then we will take it to you, the listener, in uh, subsequent days, following our Instagram, following our socials. We will have you decide in next week's podcast. And once more, we will announce those uh, delayed winners. Are you ready, David, for this? I think the people are ready. Are Am I good to go with our first nomination? Go ahead. All right. Our first category is Best Meme Material. Best Meme Material. Our first nominee, Arthur. SpongeBob. Tom and Jerry. And Looney Tunes. Do you have a clear-cut winner for this category, David, in your head? I, I, I'm, I'm a, little, a little bit torn. Okay. I have yeah, I, um, I have one that I think should win as well. Um, well, the one that I think clearly should win. Um, it is close between two. If I were to be giving a, an expert critique opinion, I would say it's between two. Uh, this is definitely a strong two-headed race. Uh, the other two are worthy nominees, uh, but not not really in the running for this particular nomination. It's a shame that one has to lose, but I think 
Are you ready to commit to a pick? Yes. All right, here we go. I'm going to go. I'm going to count down three, two, one, and then on that next beat, we will give our, our winner. Here we go. Three, two, one. Arthur. Tom and Jerry. Oh, wow. Not at all who I thought was a second place. You think I was going to say SpongeBob? SpongeBob. And I think I should make you the know, case for SpongeBob here if you're not going to. Go ahead. I know. I, I, I think that there is a huge volume of memeage yes. to, to be had from, from SpongeBob. Yes, if... but, but, and I was torn between SpongeBob and Tom and Jerry. The reason, so I, I think volume uh, took a side, to, you know, took a step to the side in favor of just the sheer. Um, sheer innuendo that you get from so many Tom and Jerry memes. Like it is just the innuendo is just is so obvious and amazing. Um, just you know, obviously you don't pick up on it as a kid, but there's just so much sexual innuendo <laughs> in Tom and Jerry, and I've seen some really, really raunchy memes. Wow. From, uh, from Tom and Jerry. I should say you're you're absolutely right about the volume for SpongeBob. I think that if it were a volume one, uh, it for sure would have won. I would even argue that probably the most poignant and the biggest meme coming from SpongeBob is that one where SpongeBob's got his back arched and he's looking, and then you misspell. You have like some capitalized letters you don't, so it's to make a point. Uh, you you use that SpongeBob meme. That's probably the most poignant. And other than that, it just creates a lot of volume. I mean, there's just there's there's so many. There's so, there's many. so many. So for volume, yes. But if we're going for quality, which is what I chose to enlist my nomination for, Arthur, nothing beats the fist for Arthur. There's even some, uh, like you said, there's some fun innuendos that you can have there. I, there's one of Arthur buckling his pants, and it's just fantastic. It's fantastic uh, talking. There's also the one with DW looking down with the glasses while in the summer. There's a vault, an absolute vault of Arthur memes. And I would hope that I can, I can convince you. Have I convinced you? Because you're not getting me off of Arthur. I, no, you, you haven't convinced me. Oh. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm just thinking about there's, there's Jerry um, squirting like some kind of eclair into Tom's face. There's uh, there's the French mouse, Jerry's cousin or whatever, who, uh, and he, where he's like, he's got his sword and he's and he's looking for the cat and he's going pussy, 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 pussy. Um, <laughs> there's uh, there's just so many. So I don't, I think this might have to go to social. Right. I'm actually really excited. Yeah, I'm excited to see what people. We think. are starting out in a full out war, David, because I will not back down. Arthur deserves this. Looney Tunes. Or excuse me, Tom and Jerry. Uh, Looney Tunes was the was just the throw in. It was all right. it's all right. There is some good ones. I mean, there's some good Bugs Bunny. Ones. I think there are some good ones. I'm surprised there isn't more. But but yeah, it, it it was. Shall we move on? We shall. You go ahead and announce this next one. All right. This this award is for the best series for the younger audience. Yes. Six and under, let's say. Um, the nominees are Dragon Tales, Roly Poly. Oli. What is that? Roly poly Roly poly Obviously my nomination. Alrighty. Pingu and Looney Tunes. Now, I think Looney Tunes is, again, kind of a throw-in nomination yeah. because it's great, and it's great for um, for uh, uh, younger audiences, too, but it maybe is a little, it leans a little older. It leans a little older. It's like, uh, if you're into sports, it's the Ben Simmons of Rookie of the Year, where there's like a, a red shirt year, 
a year where where the, technically they should that's when they should have been eligible but because of circumstances they're still eligible for the award I I think we're both going to be staying away from this and I think we both have ch- different champions that will have to be determined by I mean, social media but here we go Our- yeah for sure because uh, frankly, I haven't seen uh, Dragon Tales or Roly Poly Oli, so so fantastic. And I I haven't seen probably what your champion is here. Are you ready? Go ahead and count us down. Yeah, <laughs> three, two, one. Dragon Tales. Pingu. All right. Yeah. Since there, there it is. Since you got to uh, discuss yours first, I'll go first. Dragon Tales between Quetzal talking, going and touching this uh, this magical scale that takes them to Dragonland. I loved each and every character. Each and every dragon is actually well written. Uh, if anything, you could say the two protagonists, the two kids, are sometimes a little annoying. I I know, uh, I forget the girl's name now, but uh, but her definitely is can be endearing they can be annoying outside of that i absolutely love quetzal the dragon and all the other dragons there's ord uh, that freaking intro song altogether creates a great production and i think it's really well done especially for the genre that it, it relies in hmm. uh pingu i love the simplicity uh there's no real dialogue it's all sort of gibberish um you're just as a, as a small child you're just uh, in, like captured just by the by the 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 um the vibrant the vibrant characters and the and the and it's it's all um clay which i think is awesome as well so um i i can't i i mean i can't really make a huge case for this i haven't watched it since my brother was <laughs> all was, right uh, was that age but i i i really do um I really think, I, in this case, I may be happy to concede. Ooh, okay. Well, thank you. And I do I, I do urge you, if you can at all find Dragon Tales, watch like three random episodes. Watch three random episodes and tell me that I'm wrong. Keep in mind the genre. It's, 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 a, it's going and trying to right. go towards a six and under. But keep that in mind and tell me that I'm wrong on this. It's not it's not out of this world, but especially growing up and what I had to deal with, it was always my favorite. Still is a classic favorite of mine. Anyways, so we're announcing it. We can we can officially we can concede it. All right. We can. Fa- yep. Fantastic. Dragon Tales, its first nomination and first win on this on this illustrious <laughs> list of ours that may or may not return for later awards. Thank you, Dragon Tales. And may we all go to Dragonland. All right, next, next, I will announce. We have. Uh, I th- should we do it in this order? Or should we do it in reverse? Should we do it in uh, for the next sure. two reverse? Okay. Uh, we have next okay. best character in a supporting role. We have Elmer Fudd, Wiley Coyote, Wanda the Fairy from uh, the Fairly Odd Parents, and Plankton. From SpongeBob. Uh, this is this is one of those uh, <laughs> uh, this is one of those Oscar um, uh, uh, fuck ups that um, that people talk about. Um, do you remember when um, what was it? They gave the best picture to the wrong movie. Yeah, La La Land instead of Moonlight. Yeah, it was. They gave it to La La Land, and it was supposed to be Moonlight. Um, so I changed my nomination, one of my nominations, and oh. it obviously didn't update on your document. So I changed uh, Wiley Coyote to Daffy Duck. Daffy Duck, okay. Both Looney Tunes, but I figure that Daffy Duck definitely a more prominent supporting supporting character. 
All right. I I think I have my winner. Do you have yours? I do. All right. Here we go. Let us count down. Three, two, one. Plankton. Daffy Duck. Wow. All right. <laughs> we will never agree. <laughs> we, we will never. We're, we, of course, whenever we are putting in the nomination, it kind of leads itself to do so. I'll, uh, I will let right. you start. Go ahead with, uh, with your case for Daffy. Daffy Duck, I think, is one of the greatest cartoon characters ever created. He is hilarious. And he is, is, is in the same way that uh, if you've ever watched The Office, Dwight is the only reason Jim is, is, is particularly funny, right? And Daffy Duck is, is a huge part of the reason that Bugs Bunny is, is particularly funny. I mean, Bugs is funny as well, but um, Daffy Duck, so, uh, so hilarious. He was one of my favorites and my sister's favorites when we were growing up. Um, yeah. All right. I will make the case for Plankton. One, he's a villain. I think that that's automatically makes him... You have a reoccurring villain almost almost episodically. He's, he's such a mainstay within there, and I think he's so well-developed. He's, he's one of those villains that you actually know. I think you can go across the land, and anybody who knows SpongeBob automatically knows him. You go to other shows, the villains don't necessarily go all the way. I think probably if you were to even go within the realm of Looney Tunes, maybe people would know Martian the Manhunter. Maybe. And I don't even think most people uh, acknowledge him as a true villain. So I think that automatically that boosts his stature. He's got such a, he's so an accepting, loving figure uh, to have a robot wife. That's fascinating. And he also, he stars in, in a song. He has F is for friends who he for who do stuff together. U is for you and me. And it's for anyone and anytime at all down here in the big blue sea. He is fantastic. We love Plankton. I think Plankton is absolutely worthy of this nomination and win. So here we go. Have I convinced you? Absolutely. You will not, you will not get me to vote for anything SpongeBob. All right. Well, sorry. That, sorry listeners. I know I know I'm I'm probably alone there and when this goes to social, <laughs> I'm I may well lose, but I I just can't. Like I've never liked it even remotely. Um but I I really do feel strongly about a lot of Looney Tunes characters, but Daffy Duck as a supporting character, he is he is my favorite. Uh, so All right. So this we co- this one's well, coming at you. Take it listeners. to social. All right. Go ahead and announce our next uh category list. All right, so uh, this is for best character in a leading role with the nominee. This is being... a chock full, by the way. This one is heavy on the top. I love this category. This is this is yeah. very hard to to, this is, to discern. This is tough. Yeah, we have Mrs. Frizzle, wonderful. Bugs Bunny, we've already talked Classic. about Bugs Bunny. Yeah. Kim Possible. Now that this is a this is kind of a a different different whole different t- uh, type of children's cartoon. Mm-hmm. And Jimmy Neutron, also pretty different to what we've seen so far. So, do you you got you got what you um, man what this, you would say is your favorite? This one is tough. This is probably my my meme for you. Where I I could go in one of three, four. I could even actually go with any of the four and make a strong case. I got for two. You. All right. I got two that that I that I really love, but I do have a favorite. All right. No. <laughs> I think I think I think here we go. Let's see if we can agree on this one. I think I have a favorite too. Go ahead and count down, count us down and see if we can do this. Uh, I'm I'm not sure we're going to agree. Um 3 2 1 Mrs. Frizzle. Bugs Bunny. <laughs> Come on, man. 
Come on. I do love Mrs. Frizzle, but my second was going to be Kim Possible, actually. Kim Possible was my second. I love Kim Possible. Fantastic. Man, she's awesome. she, she is a the absolute definition of a badass. Kim Possible. If yeah. now how hold on a second cuz if Kim Possible was both of our seconds, does that earn her Ooh. a place among the top? Should this be the lone three-person social? I think it should. All right. I think if we I, we got to figure out a way to do it because there's no three answer polls uh right. on on Instagram, but we'll figure something out. Uh I think I think we can do it. All right. Uh, make the case. Make the case for Bugs Bunny. Or no, actually, it goes to me. I, I Excuse me. I am very sorry. Uh, Mrs. Frizzle, she's, she's very accepting. She has a cool pet. She has the coolest car around, which is a freaking bus. She's educational, and she's a little magical. What on earth is wrong with Mrs. Frizzle? Nothing. Even when she's sick, even on the day that she's sick, she goes in to teach. She is she is a badass power woman, a, a badass you know B word boss woman. She is absolutely everything that is good in a in a major. Uh, she was like a female empowerment, and she is so endeared, sh- so endearing that even when they recently updated her animation recently on Twitter, Twitter was up in arms. Twitter was saying, somehow, this is wrong. You need to do Miss Frizzle White, because Mrs. Frizzle correctly, because she is such a powerful and poignant figure in all of our childhood. I cannot make a more powerful statement for Mrs. Frizzle. Absolutely. Go ahead, Mrs. Frizzle. Take your cake and eat it, too. Um. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I mean, I don't disagree. I just think that if we're looking at impact... Um, I, and I know that, mis- that there's an e- there's obviously an educational aspect to the Magic School Bus and everything. If we're looking at sheer impact and like scale and what Bugs Bunny is, Bugs Bunny is one of the most legendary, uh, huge, awesome characters ever in the animated world. Uh, Bugs Bunny is is he's got wit, he's got attitude, um, the physic the physic comedy everything that his 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 play with 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 Daffy Duck and Elmer Fudd is some of the like I just those are the biggest laughs of my childhood were Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck so I I I couldn't I couldn't imagine anyone else winning this award Bugs Bunny is the is the man you know Bugs Bunny is the Clint Eastwood of this category where if he wins it it's based off of legacy more than somebody like Jared Leto in the same category where he probably deserves it with more pizzazz or he did something far more character driven but Clint Eastwood won it because they're worried Screw that he's that. gonna why, die why, why you gotta bring up Jared Leto I know you, you hate know Jared how Leto I feel about Jared Leto <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're not making you're not making this any this any better for yourself <laughs> all right i will announce the next uh the next in our nominations uh the category is best theme song in a series so we're looking at the opening to a uh to a television series and show here we go number one scooby-doo number two top cat number three magic school bus and number four, SpongeBob SquarePants. 
I have... Now, I really want us to agree here, but I'm afraid that we might not. There is no way in hell we are agreeing on this one because I know where you're going. <laughs> I know you are, you're playing favorites and you're not doing the just the justice to what deserves to win. You're, oh, you're, screw you. Here we go. Here we that, go. Is, that is absolute horseshit. I know where you're going and I, dis I disagree already, but here we go. Here we go. Uh, three, two, one. Magic school bus. Scooby-Doo. Go ahead and make your case while I destroy you afterwards. While I this destroy you. This is one of the you. most catchy, is one of the most catchy, well-known uh, theme songs in, in, in entertainment history. If you walk up to someone on the street and say, sing the Scooby-Doo theme song, they're going to go, Scooby-Dooby-Doo, where are you? If you ask, like, you could, like, some people may, I, I'll give you, some people may know the Magic School Bus theme song. I didn't, well, I didn't remember it until I looked it up again today. And I think that's the case with a lot of people. Scooby-Doo, I think, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with giving it, giving this to Legacy. Because Legacy, in this case, we're not talking about best cartoons of the year. We're talking about best cartoons of ever. So, um... So legacy really is, I think, the fair indicator here. Scooby Doo is one of the most recognizable, um, catchy, uh, simple theme songs ever. I, re I actually I thought you were going to go with SpongeBob. I'm glad you didn't. Uh, oh. I, I really do think Scooby Doo is the one. Magic School Bus. Once you hear it once in that day, you will not be able to get that song out of your head for the remainder of it's the day. It's too long. It's, it's far too, long too for... good. It's far too good than a than a series deserves. It's tremendous. It's got soul. It's got beeps, and it's got bop. It certainly slaps. And if we're gonna go to an earlier segment in this show, it's it involves lava. It educates in the middle of the freaking thing. They sneeze. They have the other characters in the freaking song. Anything you could ask of a theme song, it's in there. It is fan freaking tastic. I can't. I. It's. It blows my mind. Scooby Doo is so cheap. It's so dated, and it's fine. They can re. re Are you kidding me? They can repump it. It's also it. been revamped like a million times. Yeah. Scooby Doo. Like the, every time they. That, why is that a bad thing? Every time that they do a they do a new Scooby Doo show, they have the same sort of like. The same sort of melody, and they and they revamp the song, and they change the lyrics around here and there, and it's yeah. In order but to it's make still it the the core essence of what what is the Scooby Doo theme. In song. order to freaking do it, they had to add a freaking vowel into his name. His name's not Scooby Dooby Doo. It, they, the song's called Scooby Dooby Doo. It's called an it's called a nickname. Yeah, nobody's like, hey, Scooby Dooby Doo, you want a Scooby Dooby uh, snack? No, it's it's the freaking Magic School Bus. They go to freaking lava and they get baked in a pie. It's freaking amazing. Up. It's Magic School Bus. Shut I up. will the not Oscars lose. Oscars have this. never been this heated. Yeah, and well, oh. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. It's, well, yeah, it's pretty. It's been pretty heated behind the scenes. The ceremony then, itself, at least. Yeah, yeah. All right, we move on to our final category. Go ahead and announce this one. We will definitely take that theme song into uh, social. This one is the ultimate best franchise, and we're talking this now. This this like you can't make any argument against legacy here. Jeez Louise, our no our nominees are Pokemon, <laughs> Looney Tunes, <laughs> Scooby Doo, <laughs> and Sesame Street. You know, I don't think Jane Fonda, whenever reading out the nominees. Ever actively <laughs> said it with a with a disgust in her in her in her voice. Hey, I didn't. There was no disgust. I respect. And the nominees, nominees for best really do. for best the, franchise. The only Pokemon. 
Looney Tunes. Pokemon. Scooby Doo. <laughs> Sesame Street. Shut up. I, I I respect all these nominations. In fact, I think they're all very strong. The only one I have a problem with actually is Sesame Street because, and the only reason I think it's an incredible franchise and it could be a winner, but I have a problem that it's not. Um, it's not the 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 main Sesame Street was not animated. Mm, I see. So you think it's 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 miscategorized to even be nominated here? Like mm, potentially. Yeah, cuz we really we really were looking at animated things. I'm not like not it's there, so it's it's good, but and cuz there were some animated aspects and if you look at Scooby-Doo or Looney Tunes, there's live action re- like movies, oh, yeah. you know. Yeah. But that came way later down the line, sure. obviously, but but anyway, um, anyways, best franchise. It's there. I I will admit this is the one where your homerism actually does does play a part into it, and it, it, we make four worthy candidates. I think that you you can mm. even if people I think most people will probably say Pokemon is probably the most out. It, it sounds outlandish whenever you first hear it, but whenever you think of the entire scope of it, how much of a global impact it has, how much oh yeah, how much yeah, the yeah, aftermarket yeah. has, it actually does make an impact, especially if not nationally and, like, and globally for sure if you're looking at it as a brand oh my god pokemon would win this in in like yeah in two seconds like it, it, in terms of like uh merchandise and all that stuff like it really is huge it, it dwarfs the others yeah all right i think i think but that's not the point that's not, <laughs> that's not the point best franchise i think stands for a little bit more than that i think it it, it, it it's all right. encompassing even within this the series and show so do you have your champion? Do you have your 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 winner? I do. I have mine. We're gonna disagree, but here we go. <laughs> Three, two, one. Sesame Street. Scooby Doo. Yeah. I this one I'm not gonna I'm not gonna kill you on it, but why don't you go ahead and uh, um and go for Scooby Doo? Look, I I really miss uh, and I had I told that story about Tom and Jerry. I miss. When when the, when the programs that I watched when I was really little weren't afraid to scare me, weren't afraid to like, <laughs> weren't afraid to show me <laughs> burning in hell. Like <laughs> I think that's now I think it's hilarious. Back then it didn't actually scare me or anything. Most um, of it goes over your head at that age, anyways. Right. Also, exactly. Also, it should be noted because you talk a lot about like your child and every and everything. You should give the disclaimer you gave me about why why you being a 20-something-year-old, watched Scooby-Doo oh. primarily and Looney Tunes primarily. Right. Um, I don't know that this is true or anything, but it's possible that... Because, for example, the episode of Tom and Jerry... Basically, th- these are the programs that I watched. I, when I was really little, I was I was growing up in Africa. And there's a part of me that's saying maybe that's all we got like we didn't get the most up-to-date right. cartoons on our channels you certainly didn't right? get pbs that being said that being said when we moved when i was living in the uk and we had up-to-date perfectly up-to-date tv and i was like or even in germany we had everything was up-to-date you know it's yeah first uh, uh developed country uh we had you know good tv um they were still showing old looney tunes the very original Scooby-Doo from like the 50s and 60s or 60s, I think. I'm not sure. Yeah, it must have been 60s. Right. Um, and, and Tom and Jerry, even those episodes that came out in the 40s. So so the, even when I was living in developed countries, that was I was still watching those programs. Um, look, I, I, back to my point. I think 
Scooby-Doo was the original Scooby-Doo. The, the later ones, not so much, but they re it really wasn't afraid to be scary, despite being for kids. You know, it wasn't afraid to be kind of spooky. And I loved that. You know, you don't get that today. And so, and it's, and there's no denying, like, it's had a reboot after reboot. The franchise is absolutely humongous. The movies, the live action movies, it is, it is a, it's only really like, I mean, there was a recent movie, wasn't there, um, Scoob? But other than that, like, it, it's kind of, it seems to be dying down now, but it's, it's had a 60 year legacy. I think that it's hard to, it's hard to, hard to deny that Scooby Doo really is one of the, one of, if not the best franchise for, for kids ever. I think Sesame Street is one of the most iconic franchises uh, in this entire list. How many other categories? I, I think that there are people that would forget Velma, Fred, or Daphne. I think that there's like somebody who would not be able to name everybody in the, in the, in the franchise. What other franchise can you go down the list? Big Bird, Oscar the Grouch, Cookie Monster, uh, The Count, uh, Elmo. Uh, there's so many. Even some people would even say Dory herself. Like the freaking fish is, uh, is or Dorothy, I think. Either way, uh, there are so many characters in this world. It's a per, per, Burton Ernie, my God. There's so many valuable pieces to this franchise again it stands in education it transcends time and age there's a lot of modern day you know superstars and and actors and actresses and uh, music stars and people of all pulp culture who come forward into this into this section and again it's for pbs so i really it's really hard to find an agenda it's really far it, it, it's lasted so long it go it goes across all genres with music with movies has tremendous characters. The upkeep is there. It's quality. It, it certainly hits its its de desired genre. It has defined characters that are also real life. It's it's absolutely tremendous. I think Sesame Street just just deserves this uh, more so than Scooby Doo. It Scooby Doo is a very fine and qualified runner up. Deserves a great silver, but it's Sesame Street all the way for me. You know, I'm afraid, I am afraid that when we take this to socials, maybe just because most of our, our listeners are American, and right. you and I grew up, I guess, in two different worlds, um, even though all, everything that I've named, are these are all American yeah. franchises, yeah. American shows, Absolutely. but uh, Scooby-Doo and Looney Tunes and Tom and Jerry were definitely 1,000% the top three shows that I watched as as a kid. Sure. Um so I don't know, like I, I mean, when, all the things you said about Sesame Street, like that, I didn't connect with those. Like I don't, I did, never really like. I like Sesame Street. I think it's great. Um, in fact, I think it's amazing. But I, it's not something that I connect with, and I don't think it lives in the same world as Sco the franchises that are Scooby Doo and Looney Tunes. And that's fine. I mean, uh, we can this on this one. We can respectfully disagree. Uh, more so than other ones, like best theme song. If I lose best theme song, by the way, I'm going to I, I'm gonna I don't I don't know what I'm gonna do. I'm probably gonna do this next podcast bare ass. I don't know what I'm so gonna do. Way, I don't see how you, you disagree can see with me on yourself that. in the mirror for the entire episode. 
I'm just going to stand up and turn around and the next podcast we'll talk about some some bullshit and then I'll just make sure that you just have to stare at my hairy ass for the entire episode because you somehow God. convinced people that Scooby Dooby Doo is a better theme song than Magic School Bus in all of its glory and all of its composition. You know, this has really been <laughs> this has really been a bunch of nonsense because we haven't given out a, we've given out one, one award, award one out o- of six categories. I know. The one that I would, um, and the one that, if know, I'm being honest and fair, because I do want to be legitimate here, the one that I think you have the best case for that I would, if I if I'm going to be generous and give one back to you, it would be Daffy Duck. Daffy Duck is a, the closest argument for me that you can make on this list that we disagree on. Everything else, you're just dead ass wrong. But that's all right. That's all right. We will leave it to the peoples to decide. And I swear to God, people, if you let me down, and they're just going to do this in spite of me now, I sw- Hey, don't let him threaten you, okay, listeners? Do, do not let him threaten you. Um, please be honest with us. Uh, I, I honestly... I'm worried that I think most most listeners are going to agree with you, Phil. But uh, I'm but, a man of know, the people. Power to the people. Oh, shut up! I um, represent. No way. I I really do. I, I stand by my 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 choices. All right. I I really do yes. think that we put. You're you're just dead ass wrong. <laughs> we will put it to the people. Please please vote if you care as much as we do. We move on now to fun factoid of the week, and again. We are full force all the way in to Oscar award nomination season. So in that, in the essence of that, in the ilk of that, I will go for my fun factoid of the week. Spike Lee has acted in 10 of his own films, which I never really Mm. know how to feel about that. Whether or not it's just stroking yourself publicly just to say, look at what I'm doing. Or if it's more of like, wow, that is just some uber talent for Lin-Manuel Miranda to direct, star, choreograph, and all that stuff in his own stuff. I, I know Lin-Manuel specifically. Look, I, I, I think that, it, I think that it's, uh, I think that it's, it's, it is kind of like, kind of tickling yourself in public. Uh, you're kind of going like, well, no one's going to do better than I will at this. But at the same time, like, I, I, you know, I find it hard to criticize that because it is, I can only imagine, I haven't really done it yet to direct and act at the same time, like, whew, that's tough. Right. Uh, you're, you're a fun factoid. Okay, yeah, also sticking with Oscar season, and I know I've talked a lot about Tom and Jerry, but uh, this is actually an interesting one. So concerning the award for Best Animated Short, previously known as uh, Short Subject, comma, Cartoon, MGM's Tom and Jerry, which ran from 1940 to 1967, is the category's most lauded animated series overall, being nominated for a total of 13 Oscars and winning seven. Wow. So Tom and Jerry has, Tom and Jerry alone has won seven Oscars and been nominated 13 times. We go and move on to once more, and keeping in the theme of the the entire podcast, we are going to be going to the Oscar nominations, uh, give them one discussion before they become fully realized, and some awards are actually given out. Now, David, you wanted to limit yourself to just the Best Picture uh, nominees within all these categories, and I'm going to kind of go all around, because I... I 
uh, in just two different ways. That way we have two different flavors for everybody listening out there who some only care about Best Picture, some only care about everything. Uh, so it really, we're really being flavored here, and mine exclusively are not going to be concerned about Best Picture. Uh, we have we will go for the same categories, though, and since it's once more, I will limit us each to one discussion point if you feel out of the categories that you want to talk about. Otherwise, just, just quick hit. Here we go. All right. One we think will win. So out of the out of the, all the best pictures, who do you think will win? Okay, just as a disclaimer, I haven't seen all eight yet. I've seen five of the eight, so I'm only really going to talk about those. Um, I haven't seen, I haven't finished Minari. I haven't watched Promising Young Woman, and I have not watched The Father because it's not even out yet. Um, okay, so one, I, the one I think will win is Judas and the Black Messiah. Okay, it is too socially politically current um relevant to not to not be the the favorite to win i think all right uh one i think will win is daniel kaluuya for judas and the black messiah for best actor uh speaking of judas and the best black supporting actor. best supporting actor you're actually you're you're very correct you're very correct interesting i it's a hard, they're both both two two characters nominated for best supporting actor Our, uh which one is the leading actor neither of them apparently neither of them all right uh i'll move on to myself one we want to win again in all the categories i want glenn close to win for hillbilly elegy i i just i want to see her win and i don't want to this is this is horrible to say but this is like the clint eastwood award where i don't want to see her get one posthumously I think it's definitely a deserving year for her. I know that there's a lot of good nominees. There's a yeah. lot of good nominees, and I haven't seen Promising Young Woman yet. Um, I think that there's some good nominees in there for that category in there. Uh, anyways, your turn. All right. Um, of the Best Picture nominations, the one I really want to win is my favorite. I'm not sure it will, but I really want Sound of Metal to win. I think it is is the the best movie that I've seen this year. We move on to notable snubs. Uh, notable snub of the best pictures is David. Um, I, I I couldn't pick between two. Hillbilly Elegy was really awesome. That's the one Glenn Close acted in um, that she was nominated for, and D- The Devil All the Time. Mm. I I remember like I watched it some months ago now. I remember really really enjoying that movie and, and finding finding it to be very very interesting, very good. So I would say that those were those were kind of snubbed. My notable snub across the spectrum: Eurovision getting no original score nod. I'm just kidding. Me, but me and <laughs> me and David actually, ironically, both saw that film, and I love the music, and it did get a best we best were, original song uh, nod out of that. Love yeah, that, and it's a great song. It is a great song. It's a great song. Um, but the actual answer to this is probably the Maritanian uh, or Judy, Judy, uh, Jodie Foster. Uh, for not making a gotcha. nomination, but I haven't seen it yet. I still want to see that, even though it's not nominated. I still want to see it. All right. Doesn't even deserve the nomination in Best Picture goes to David. I loved it. I really did. But it's so specific and weird. Uh, Mank, I think yeah. it's great. I really do think it's great. Yeah. But I'm not sure it really it really holds up. Just because it's 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 like stylized does not necessarily mean that it's Best picture, you know? Agreed. Uh, doesn't even deserve the nomination, and I'm going to get a lot of flack for this. Onward, in the animated short category. I did not love it as much as anybody oh. else. I realized that the field is small this year, so that thus kind of why it feels like it got that nomination. But I think that there's, uh, depending on whether or not you can go animated short versus short, uh, I think Canvas is on yeah. Netflix and is a tremendous short that deserves it over this. I think that there's some other ones that probably deserve it with better stories. 
Onward does did not do it for me. It feels like a you know, Pixar nod. I I loved I I liked Onward. I I was gonna say loved. I liked it. But I have seen one of the other nominations, Over the Moon, very recently, and it was so not good. So <laughs> Onward, by comparison, is like is amazing. All right, we move on to the game, and this week is my week to decide. Remember, we are in week two, uh, forever more of a changed format for our game. We have an award-themed show, so I added this award-themed game. Uh, it's a game of over-under, and remember that me and David both will give out a game today, so there's a chance that both of us can win, both of us can lose, or maybe one of us wins one of us loses. Um, so... Uh, I will do my rendition of this game. It's a game of over-under. I'm going to give you a statement, David, with a number attached. I want you to then tell me whether or not you think it is over or under that number. Three right answers to win. Here we go, David. Uh, Meryl Streep has the most nominations in Oscar history. She wears this crown by a big lead because the number of nominations she has is 26 and a half. Is it over or under 26 and a half? 26 and a half. Um, it is... Nominations again, not wins. Right. Uh, I'm going to... Oh, uh, 26 and a half. I... Oh, God, that's hard. Um, I'm going to say over. It is under by a lot, but she still laps the field. But she is, uh, she is in the lead with 21 nominations. I believe second is... Uh, Catherine Hepburn with like 12 or something. It's, it's utterly ridiculous. All right, so you have one wrong. Uh, next one, Robert De Niro has a more than respectable two Oscars to his name, but he has over under nine nominations. Ooh, um, I'm going to say under. You are correct. He has under and he has eight to be exact. Eight Oscar nominations and two Oscar wins. Very respectable. Ellen DeGeneres can claim the fourth most popular tweet of all time with over or under 2.8 million retweets. Ooh. Um, and remember... I feel like I remember it being over three. I was going to say, this is, the, this is, of course, the 2014 Oscar tweet where she gets every celebrity in there known to man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say over. I think it was even over 3 million. You are absolutely correct. You have two correct. Uh, it was over, and it was 3.1 million retweets, to be exact. Right. Next one, Cedric Gibbons, an art director who famously helped design the Oscar statuette, has won over under seven times for, the, uh, for Oscars himself. Cedric Gibbons. Uh, Cedric Gibbons, an art mm. director. Okay. Um, you said he's won seven times. That's... Has he won over or under seven times? Right, right, right. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say under seven times. Cedric Gibbons gives you the tie because he has over. He is at 11 wins. Very prestigious in his category. All right. Last one. The deciding one, David. You're currently at a tie. Yeah. Wow. Here we go. No pressure. Two and two. No pressure. Steve Buscemi has been a part of Oscar-worthy films in his time, but does he have over or under the amount of Oscar nominations Steve Carell has? Ooh, I don't think Steve Carell has excessive nominations. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that 
Steve Buscemi has more has over the amount that that Steve Carell has. You fell into my trap. I love it. Steve Buscemi uh, has zero. He has no nominations whatsoever, despite being in Fargo. Damn. And uh, I believe there's uh, there's a couple others that I'm just forgetting at this current point. point now, time. see, I was I was taking that to mean like if you are in. Uh, if you're a leading character in a Best Picture nomination, then then that counts as a nomination. Oh, right? I see. No, I meant I meant personally, and uh, even Steve Carell, he has one okay, nomination for Foxcatcher. But either way, uh, go ahead, All right. Hoffman. All right, so this one's a little bit different. So I have a Letterboxd account where I track all the movies that I watch and I give them a rating. Yes. Blah blah blah. So what I'm gonna do is I'm going to uh, name. The movie, one of the five, uh, each question is one of the five Best Picture nominations that I have already seen. Okay. So not including the three that I haven't seen yet. I'm going to give you the average rating on Letterboxd, and you tell me if my rating Hmm. was higher or lower. Okay. All right. So we start out with Sound of Metal. It has an average rating of 4.1%. Did I rate it higher or lower? 4.1 out of 5, right? Out of okay, 5. thank God. Yes. I was about to say, what in the <laughs> hell? Uh, 4.1. Man, that does not offer a lot of wiggle room. Uh, I'm curious. Let me just, one more time. Do you offer yourself decimal ratings? Decimal, yes. Okay. But not not in the, like, only half stars. Okay, okay, that's fine. Uh, I will go with, it's really good. I'm going to go with over. And you're correct. Okay, thank I you. gave it four and a half stars. That's what I thought. Uh, yeah, four and a half out of five. It's It was just an amazing, amazing oh, Truly film. good. So truly I tremendous. Really loved it. Yeah. All right. Uh, number two, Mank earned a average rating on Letterboxd of 3.4 out of five. Dang, that's right on. Was my rating higher or lower. Oh, that's right on it too. Damn. I think I think you liked it if I remember correctly. We did a review of this on a on another podcast. I'm gonna go with I think you went like to four. I bet you went to four, so I'm gonna go over. Yeah, you're absolutely okay. correct. And it was it was four. So you're you're two two out of two. Oh, starting out strong always. This might be your well. week, Phil. Yeah. This might be your week. I need one, baby. <laughs> Get me on the board. Okay. Judas and the Black Messiah. Very wonderful film. Received an average rating of 4.1. All right. I am going to, for the win, I'm going to unzip my pants and just say, here's my dub, because you said it's your best picture of the year. There's no way you can give your best picture of the year anything less than a five. Give me that win, baby. Give me that win. Over. I'm I'm sorry. You, you, what? <laughs> you whipped it out. What? Look, I said I th- I said I thought it would win. But I didn't say God's it was my favorite. Earth. What is God? I did not say it was my favorite. God, <laughs> God you made me pull no, a How I Met Your Mother, lower. where I'm just naked on lower. the couch, and you come out and you say, whoa, whoa, put it all back on, and you start laughing at me. How dare you, sir? All right. You have, you have two more chances to win, okay? All right. Trial of the Chicago 7 received an average rating of 3.7. What did I rate it? Was it higher or lower? I guess I'm just going to continue this trend. I'm going to go over. I think you at least gave it a four. And Philip, 
You have gotten your first win on powwow. Better late than never. Yeah. Congratulations, my friends. Yeah, I'm still naked outside you have your done apartment. It. Holding, holding, <laughs> clutching myself. Yeah, it's very impressive. Yeah, so I gave it four four stars out of five. All right, one one um, more for so funsies. It's over the three point seven, and Nomadland received an oh, average yes. rating of four stars. What did I give Nomadland? Man. Was it lower than four or higher than four? Man, that's right there. I would have thought you would have given it four. Do I think you can give it? I don't think you can give it a five. Do I think you gave it a four point five? I just don't think it connected to you. And if I'm actively thinking this out loud. I'm going to say under, surprising under for you. I'm going to go under. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Under. Yeah. And you you've you've scored a very respectable 4 out of 5. Congratulations, my friend. Thank you. I appreciate that very much. And I just would like to thank the Academy for letting me whip it out. <laughs> All right, we go to our last little mini segment. Uh, this one is random question of the week. Uh, and this, the only rule here is that our question may not have anything to do with our main topic, our, our once more anything. So this is totally random. Uh, I'll go first. Phil, what is the best milkshake? Best milkshake? I, I find it hard to avoid cookies and cream in any in mm. any area that it applies. I don't want a cookies and cream salad. Even then, that kind of sounds good. But if, <laughs> if it's applicable, cookies and cream sundae, cookies and cream milkshake, cookies and cream yogurt, I don't care where it is. Cookies and cream, give me that. Yeah, you're absolutely on the money. I agree completely. Random question of the week. Here we go. If you were hanging off of a cliff, David, and someone grabbed you perfectly to save you by your nipples, would you want them to let go or slowly pull you back in? So they just... They just nabbed you. By my nipples? Yeah, they, they were just somehow able to just save you, and you're hanging off the cliff. Are you saying let go, or are you, you having them pull you back in? No, pull me back up. My, my nipples aren't that important to me. All right. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening. We have had a heated, very, very tense episode here. I am um, hot and afraid. And we are very much... And yeah, naked. Yeah, we're very much looking forward... Looking forward to your your contribution to our little awards show that we did uh, here on Pow Wow. And yeah, thank you so much for listening. We are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, and iHeart. Yes, thank you so much to Cass and Crossland and uh, Tara Amstutz for her lovely graphic designs into the show. And to Jake Corlang for our baseline for That Slaps. And yeah, we will see you next week, every Wednesday. Bring out your bears! Bring out your bears! <laughs>